0: Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to Deal to Heal That's Deal to heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas. At deal to heal Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon. To support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Heal to Heal with E. James podcast. On this podcast, welcome 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 this is the deal to heal with e james podcast i'm your host ernest james aka friends of fatherless daughters on instagram and i am on a mission to help people to deal to heal and fulfill to deal with your problems to heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose because i believe that everyone can live a life that is whole that is healed and that is healthy so thank you guys for tuning in to the deal to heal uh, with e. James podcast, um, if you haven't already, please subscribe, like, share. Definitely go on Spotify. Give us a, a rating; that'll definitely help us out. And we're gonna jump right into this podcast today, just like any other day. We are blessed with a guest today. My guest is one and only Mr. Lamar Wilson. How you doing, brother?
1: How you doing? How you doing? Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. No problem. Let me start by saying, first of all. You know uh you could be doing anything else in the world i know you got kids and you took out time to be here with me so i definitely appreciate you being on let me fit, you know make sure i let you know that so we're gonna jump right in get right into it so first of all lamar um talk to my to my listeners get them a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do
1: um i'm a motivational speaker also a at-risk uh student council uh consultant so I go into schools and I get with the counselors, the principals, deans, um, and I work with them with kids that's either, you know, they, they, their grades are going to a D. So we work with that. Um, kids that's not at school, they, they, you know, they're, they're sometimes at 50%, 75% or 25% and we try to bring these kids back to school. The, the idea is to not let them um, walk out of school. We don't want them to walk into a GED room. Of course, you know, I mean, if, if situations happen, okay. But then with those students, I'm still with them. I still work with GED programs that help the students get their GED. And then, all right, what's the direction? And my focus is to even with students that's on the right track, that has the good grades, that are passing, that's on the right, that's going, you know, to get their diploma. Okay, what's next? So I created this program called, what's next? Oh, well, I got to uh, I'm finished ninth grade. Okay, what's next? Well, 10th. Okay, what you got planned? You can't do what you did in ninth grade in the 10th grade. What you did in the sixth grade, you can't do in the seventh grade. You know, and I, I, I was one of those kids. I was one of those kids in C and D. And, you know, being a knucklehead and messed up and got my GED and turned around, got my associates, turned around, got my bachelor's. And now it's time for me to give back and right. and and stop. I see the students, I see the, the kids out there. You know, th- this generation is not like the generation I grew up in. So to me, I want to help you, or at least stop you from making any bad mistakes. And if I can help you, at least, at least, if I could have that conversation with you, I did my part.
0: Right, right. And I was going, I was going to ask you that because one of the one of the things that I I've come to know that with uh, those of us who do this type of work, any kind of uh, healing, coaching, or or uh, therapists, or you know, teaching it in any capacity, generally, there's something that happened to us where we pull from to make us like, all right you know what I mean, now I'm gonna do something to, to change the narrative for somebody else. So I know you mentioned a little bit about, you know, you as that student, you know what I mean? So if you could, dive in a little bit more, just tell us a little bit about whatever, just a experience that happened with you that made you say, all right, you know, I done went through this, now I'm gonna go back and change this narrative for the those that's coming after me.
1: Yeah, it's just, where I come from, I, um, I come from a story of projects, I, mean, I you know, a household, you know, brothers, drug dealers, father, you know, wasn't wasn't at home. You know, he cho- he, cho- he chose drugs over his kids. So I seen I seen the the drug dealers, I seen the drug addicts. I was born in the 80s, in the crack era, but my brothers was raised in it. Mm-hmm. So I I had to understand that maybe all right, This environment, maybe that's the environment I'm I'm supposed to be in. And then as I got into junior high school and I'm starting to notice things now in life, I'm starting to notice that the drug dealers, I start to notice that the friends that stopped going to school, uh, you know, and now they're like, why he's not going to school? Well, I gotta go to school if this person's going to school, and then it started like clicking and clicking, and it, it, it keeps showing and it things. It's like, oh, well, this person got the, the latest sneakers, and that person got the latest clothes, and, and then high school comes, and now I'm getting introduced to now I'm getting introduced to girls, and now I'm like, oh, it's access, it's free access for me to leave school, and 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 and, and, and not get in trouble or. or Get the, you know, get the phone call before the teacher, uh, you know, before the teacher talks to my mom. And these situations that kept happening, happening, and then turn around. And then the last week of school, now, mind you, I only needed four credits to get my high school diploma. As four credits, the last week of school, I'm two weeks before that, I made an agreement with all my teachers to take a test that will help me get my credit. So I would have my my high school diploma, but because I wanted to chase girls, be the cool person, be the class clown with my boys. I get chased out of school. I go back the following week, they suspend me, send a letter to my home. Your son is not graduating. Mm. Your son, we have him on camera leaving the school. My mom said this, you either get a job or you go, get, you go get your GED, and what I chose a job. Cause I'm like, man, I'm 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 done with school. I don't even care for that. And I thought my little Macy's job that I was working part time. My, my mom's home. I'm good. Life is good. Let me tell you something. I was working at Macy's part time, and I got an opportunity to work at JetBlue, the airline. Now I'm 18 at this time. I lied on my resume and said that I got my high school diploma. The lady called me. She said, you got the job. What we need you to come in with is, of course, your Social Security. At that time, I asked for Social Security and your high school diploma. Woo, that's where it stops. And I and I brushed the lady off, thinking it was cool. Back then, it was the house phone. So she was calling the house phone. And one day, my mom gave me a house phone. I had, I couldn't run no more. Right. I told her. I got my, I, I said, ma'am, I'm going to be honest. I, I have, a, I don't have my high school diploma and I don't have my GED. Now, let me tell you how great life is. When I, I, when I told the lady that, five minutes after, the lady called me back. And I'm like, oh my God, she about to read me off more. Hmm. She said, Lamar, you got a pen and paper? Yes. Go get She said, "Here's this lady's name, the address, the phone number. You are going to meet her because you don't, you don't have a job, which I did. I was again lying." She said, "You're gonna meet her at 9 a.m. and you're gonna, you're gonna go there. And I'm gonna call back. And now I'm gonna talk to your mom, Miss Shirley. Now did she call so much? She started calling my mom. She already knew my mom, Miss Shirley. So I'm gonna call Miss Shirley and I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna tell her that you have an appointment." I went down there the next day, and I met with the lady. That lady was her sister. That lady that I met was the director for a GED program that helps students that was at risk of, 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 of dropping out. They helped them get their GED while they get their associates. Mm. So and when she told me, I said, "Ma'am." oh, no, I got work, I got this. She said, no, 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 you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. (laughs) And I'm like, come on, I'm 18, I got the latest sneakers on, I got a little couple dollars from McDonald's and Burger King, and nope. I went, and now, here's what I want everybody to understand. I signed up for my GED. Now, in high school, mind you, this was a couple months ago. High school, I was a C and a D student. I went and got my GED. My grades went from a C and a D to an A and a B. Cause I got away from my knucklehead friends. I got my GED, 28 credits. My GED gave me 28 credits towards my associates. Yeah. And I yeah, went in the
0: right environment.
1: Exactly. That,
0: that change of environment changes everything. You know
1: what everything. I mean? And I learned something about that E. That the people that are in your life today, and I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about, we're talking teenagers. I'm talking, this is teenage Lamar, teenager, and in twenties, they're not here with me today, right? So you having fun right now? Have your fun, but also remember you got responsibilities. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of my my
0: things that I uh, teach. You know, uh, when, you, when you're going from an um, adolescent, you know, to an adult, you know, you're stepping into adulthood, you know, when I'm talking to uh, young men and even young women too, you know, I say it's two things that change you, that part of that stepping stone from going to, um, you know, childhood to adulthood, that's respect and responsibility, you know, those two things, when you master those two things, now you're an adult, you right. know what I mean? And, uh, you know until you learn that you're you're not an adult you're just older you know right. what i mean like you right. get older and, and and that get a lot of the, the young ones get stuck in that you know i'm 19 i'm 18 i'm 20 i'm 21 you know i'm grown no no you're not you're older but mentally you're still a child because yeah. you, you have to learn what respect is you have to learn yeah. what responsibility is you have to learn yeah. that you know there are some things that's required of you as you get older to be a productive uh person in this society and then even to be a productive person in your home you know what i mean because we got kids that's growing up and they think okay i'm 18 now i'm gonna do whatever i want to do you know inside my parents home and you know now the rules don't apply to me no you you gotta respect the house now and, and I- you respected it all this time you gotta continue to respect it or now it's even worse because you grown. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Either you respect my house or you respect somebody else's house. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because you you got to, either way it goes, you gotta show respect. So either you're gonna get your own and you make your own rules, or you're gonna follow my rules, or you're gonna follow somebody else's rules. You know what I mean? And that's that transition of you know, responsibility and respect, you know. And when they get those two things and the understanding of those two things, that's when you go to that to that next level.
1: Right. And that and that and, and I love that you said that because if what you said was so important, you're gonna respect someone else's rules. And and we can break that down because you gotta be careful with that. Because sometimes though, somebody else's rules can lead you into places you don't wanna be in, mm-hmm. like jail. yep, or or, or or someplace where you had no business in. And so that's why it's so important. That's why when when I got to that stage where the lady was like, she was on me. Go get your GED. Go get it. You you cannot walk around this earth with no papers. Get your papers. I remember her to this day saying, don't you walk on this earth with no papers. You can sit there and try to be all cute and all handsome all you want. Yeah, you got a nice smile. That smile ain't going to get you nowhere. And when I got my GED. I was like, I'm done, E. I'm done. I got my GED. I'm good. I'm about to go, oh, let me see, see if I can get that job. And that job, she said, oh, that job got filled. She said, <laughs> why are you here? Lady told me, why are you here? You you got class um coming up in two weeks. No, I don't. I got my GED. No, no, no. We signed you up for us, uh, your associates. Oh, come on. <laughs> because I respected the lady so much. And what she did for me to the day I still haven't I still haven't found her. What she did for me, I will always be in her grace. She already signed me up for my associates. She said, "You like to talk? You gonna be? I'm gonna put you in the criminal justice uh, 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 um, major because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right? I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I'm like, okay, I get it." If you don't know what you want to do with your life, that does not give you the right to sit at home and and watch TV and be on social media and chill. No, go to school, because if you are in school, I guarantee a thousand percent you're going to find something that you like and that you're going to just say, you know what? I like this. This puts me in a good mood. I'm going to keep going with this. And I, and I, I tell you, I love I love criminal justice. I went I left there with an A. I I would and and, and with my associates. I left with with an A. Um, but then here's the crazy thing. When I did my internship and I was there physically had to be there and 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 talk about the cases. I'm like, no, nah, the same for me. They chopping up bodies, putting them in suitcases. Nope, not me. I don't got the stomach. <laughs> I don't got the stomach. But here's how God plays the part. God said, Again, son, I gave you a gift to speak. So he put me, so now I was so, I had so much energy, energy about school, I had so much energy about school. I went, I said, my mom told me, well, you got your associates, what's next? Um, work, that's what you want to do? Uh, yeah, I said, no, go get your bachelor's. My mom didn't go to my graduation for my associates. So that's not enough. I didn't even go to my graduation. She said, "That's not enough. What are you? What are you celebrating? There's more room to grow. Why do you think they got associates, bachelors, masters, doctors? There's so much room. So I went and got my bachelors, but now I went and got my bachelors. You would think of being criminal justice. No, it was in business marketing. So I'm like, okay. So now I'm doing that. I'm doing business management and marketing, and I'm like, and I'm talking. I'm doing." communication. I'm doing all this stuff now because I'm like, all right, let me make sure that what I'm doing, it, it makes sense so I can get on stage and I have no fear. People are like, yo, man, you, got, you have no problem public speaking. No! Because I, I, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I get around my friends. I get around people. I never had a fear. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So now I have that that energy and in in that purpose to say, you know what? I could get my bachelor's and then I could go take this and I could go back and say, all right, I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. I just, I just was a knucklehead trying to be around people that that's not even with me now. Right. And that's what I did. But it hit it hit because when I was going to get my bachelor's, I got locked up two times. I got locked up two times for something I didn't do. One time, sitting in an area where they were smoking weed. And because they got up and I went and sat down because I wanted to sit and hang out with my friends, cops thought we were smoking weed. And I tried everything, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Smell my hands, smell my breath. Do, I took a lot of time. They cuffed me up. And when they cuffed me, they put handcuffs on me so tight that when it it told me they don't care what i say they believe what they believe again i'm in my projects in my what they call housing projects whatever yeah and i'm they put cuffs on me for something i didn't do second time i'm doing good e i'm going to school i'm going to work i'm not I'm not hanging out. I'm I'm, I'm doing everything. And turn around, my house get raided. I got got guns pressed on my head and on my back. Don't move. I'm thinking we're getting robbed. It's cops. We're looking for the guns. What guns? What guns? And my brothers. and And my mom get locked up. My sisters. Everybody in the household get locked up for something we didn't do. Cause my brothers out there, they are doing their thing, whatever. So I created a environment for myself. What I started doing E, I started watching when cops raid houses. I can't tell my brothers to stop what they're doing. They grow, I'm the baby boy. Mm -hmm. They ain't gonna listen to me. They gonna beat me up and be like, man, get out of (laughs) here. You know, but here's, here's the crazy thing E, in that environment, in that household, in that household, I created an environment where I know police, and I might be giving out stuff if, if you got any police listening. But back then, in 2004, they came in the morning where everybody was asleep at six o'clock in the morning. And they came at nine o'clock at night. So E, I went to school when I was going to get my bachelor's. I said, listen, I need a class that starts before six in the morning. And I need a class that ends at 11 or 12. So I will be out the house. I will come home at one o'clock in the morning, get back up at five. I did that for two years straight to make sure that I don't, I don't get caught up in someone else's mess. Because I was like, I I know I'm not that person. And I'm getting I'm getting blamed for stuff that I'm not doing. I don't deserve to be in handcuffs. I don't deserve to have a, a record if I'm not doing it. Right. So I put I, I said I went to school from eight in the morning to five.
0: Got on the train,
1: ran. I I one day I ran I ran from I got out the train from five. I had to be in class by five thirty. I bumped into P Diddy. He hit the floor and everything. I picked him <laughs> up. I, I tell you this. I picked him up. I said I'm so sorry. Uh, I I didn't know it was him until I looked. I said Oh, I'm so sorry, but I got I got to go to class. I got to class every day. 5 30. I'd never been late. I stayed from 5 30. I had gaps between my classes. I didn't get out of school till 12:30, 12:45. And the counselor one day that she asked, Why do you why do you keep picking these late classes? And I told her. I told her, and she said, You the only way you're gonna escape this, you're gonna have to move out. I said, That's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah.
1: That is what Girl, I'm doing. I-
0: I talk about that uh, uh, myself a little bit about, you know, like we mentioned earlier about that change of environment, because, you know, all the time you're not able to, you know, maybe at that present time change your physical environment. You know what I'm saying? So you have to change your personal environment inside of your physical environment. You know, and that may be, you know, sometime, you know, getting out of out of just out of that space and allowing yourself, you know, like you did. Okay, I know, you know, like they say, the freeze come out at night. Okay, cool. So I'm not gonna be out at night. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. But it's, it's taking taking account of those things and those those people, those yeah. environments, those, you know. Uh, different things that's going on and saying, okay, I don't want no parts of that. Let me structure myself, my time, you know, the things that I'm into, although I'm still in this environment, let me structure myself in a way that I can avoid, you know, these different pitfalls and we don't have to fall into that. And, you know, so often, you know, we, or, or should I say our, our young ones, you know what I mean? They don't take that in consideration. You know, they think about, okay, this all it is. You know, and, and their minds are limited to even thinking beyond the environment that 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 they're in a lot of times because of the people that's in the environment have never left the environment. You know, exactly. and I, I remember, uh, you know, I'm in I'm out of Chicago, you know, I'm from Chicago and I went to Gary and i um, doing some work with some some churches in Gary. And, you know, we began to ask the people, like, have you ever been to downtown? And they're like, no. Downtown is literally only thirty minutes away, you know mm. what I mean. But it's like they've never been outside of of Gary, Indiana. You know what I mean. Mm. It's like that's that's and then it's a it's a metro that runs right there that will take you all the way there. You know wow. what I mean. It's it's like a six dollar ticket, you know, to get into this whole other space to go from Gary to downtown Chicago. You know, see the Buckingham Fountain, see the you know Sears Tower at that time. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole nother world, but oftentimes we get stuck in this environment. And because we've never physically moved out of the environment, our mentality never moves out the environment either.
1: There so you go. You,
0: get this, you get this, you know, circulation and, you know, one generation after the next, you know, and it's the same thing over and over and over again. And, and nothing ever changed, you know? And I, I, I know they say, you know, Nothing will change until some change. You know what right. I mean? So if you don't if you can't change your space physically, your environment, then you got to change your mental environment. You know, you mm-hmm. got to change what you're listening to. You got to change who you're listening to. You got to change mm-hmm. who you're hanging around. You know what I mean? You got to get yourself in another uh, environment. Like you said, you know, going to school, you get in school. You might not know what you want to be when you're on the block because you only mm-hmm. see what's available on the block. But once you start going to school and seeing that, oh, this person going to be a doctor or this person going to do this, you know, this person going to do that. Well, what can I do? And you see those possibilities just by being in that environment. And sometimes that's that's all it takes, because a lot of times I've come to find out that we're we're there's such a a group of us who mentally have the ability to be whatever they want to be, you know, to be, uh, to be able to be doctors, you know, whatever, because they're smart enough to. But because they're in an environment that doesn't promote education or promote or even stretch them enough to think mentally beyond this space, then they are confined in that space. But once you take them out of that environment and put them in a, a more productive environment, you see them blossom. You know what I mean? Sure. You just turn into to something different. I want to hit up something right quick because we are we, uh, running real fast, but I want to go back a little bit mm-hmm. um, because one of the things that I, I heard you mention was about your, your dad uh, not being in the home, uh, right. which definitely is a, a big thing, you know, that plays a part uh, in a, a young man's life as well as a young lady. Um, and, you know, your mom was there. So how was that relationship or lack thereof, Uh, with your dad you know then compared to now i guess you could say but then also their relationship with your mom you know to help to nourish you into the person that you you know became today
1: yeah Well, well my dad my dad was never at home my dad was pretty much out doing whatever stuff he was doing but i mean he was on drugs he was choosing drugs Over his family. And, you know, and, you know, I can see him. I can see him. I mean, it's 24 buildings. I can, I'm, 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 my building is the very last building. So I got to walk through the projects and I can see him hanging out with his friends and I'll run to him. And of course, he acknowledged, and then, you know, when he's not high. But then that one time, I come home from school, and I see him on the park bench, and I'm thinking he's tired or he's, you know, it's hot outside, and I run to him, and I ask him for a dollar because I want to get some ice cream. Why? Because all my friends got their fathers or their their brothers or their uncles, they or they got money, they already have money to go get the ice cream from the truck. And I run to him, and he don't know who I am, and he has a needle in his arm. And I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Daddy, it's, it's your son is Lamar. And he, he can't even talk. So I run I run home. Now I'm about 12, 13. I run home. Again, the house, my mom's like, what happened? What happened? Of course, you don't want to talk. My mom comes in the room. And then I have to tell her what happened. And she calls his brother. And then, you know, situation happened. But he probably not He don't know what's going on. And from that point, at, beforehand, there's something about a man and their father that we always, no matter what's going on, we always want them around. We want them there. And I always, no matter what, I used to be in the hallway and cause I seen him beforehand, and then I would say, Hey daddy, are you gonna come and come come and see me? Yeah. I'm gonna be there at 3 p.m. And I'm in the hallway waiting and waiting. And my mom don't want to tell me that he's not coming. And waiting. And then when he and, and then one time he did come. And I'm like, I told you, Ma, I told you, Ma. And and that same day, they got into the fighting. And I watched him put his hands on my mother. And then that again, that built up more hate. And I'm at 12, 13 years old, and no 12, 13-year-old kid should ever have to say these words. When I have kids, I'm never going to treat my kids like that. I'm never going to do drugs. I'm never going to be that man. And I remember going in the closet, this small closet, and I cried, why my father don't want me? Why my father don't want to be a father? What did I do? I'm his first child. Why he don't want me? And I, and that day, I told myself I will never be him, and I hated him, and and no matter what, and I never, I never had any animosity towards any of my friends that had their father in their life, mm-hmm. but what I did have was that fire, to when I'm when I am ready to have kids, whether it's a girl or a boy, I will always be in their life. I will always I, there won't be a day. They will ever say my dad wasn't there for me. Now he might be late to one of your little concerts. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. I I went on for almost four or five years of hatred of this man. Don't want to see him. I stopped calling him daddy. I started calling him Bobby. Oh, Bobby was looking for you. Oh, I just saw I saw your dad. Who, Bobby? Don't he ain't my daddy. And one day I was playing basketball. My mom came to me. She said, Lamar, we got to go. Your father's in the hospital. Stop calling him my father. He's not my father. His name is Bobby. Bobby's in the hospital. And she said, no, no, no. You need to be there. They are asking for you. I went to the hospital. The priest was asked for me. And he said, oh, is that the son? I remember. Is that the son? Yes. Come with me. He grabbed me. He brought me in the room. And he said, son, I'm going to tell you this right now he's been asking for you. So I don't know why, he never asked for me because I have all this, I'm young, I have all this anger. He says, I'm gonna be straightforward with you. This is gonna be the last time you see your father. So whatever you whatever you holding inside, let it go. And that's what clicked about everything I do and I treat with life to this day. I never know when it's gonna be my last when it's gonna be my last time to see this person or or anything. I let it go. And I'm like, I'm like, I have to, I have to understand that when I stood in front of him, I grabbed his hand, I grabbed his hand and I said, I have to forgive you, even though I don't want to. I have to forgive you. I have to. I have to forgive you. And then once I once I did that, that's when everything went away. Everything. Mm. And once I, I went. give me one moment. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, so I think that's the biggest thing that young men right now we're holding is forgiveness. And I don't want nobody. And this is what to me, I waited till my father was on his deathbed. We say that stuff. Like that literally comes out of our mouth. Oh, they don't forgive you till you get on your deathbed. Like that literally happened to me. Like my father mm-hmm. held A he whispered in my ear. He said, he said, Lamar. He said, son, I'm so sorry. And I could feel his hand cold, but his hand, you know, our hands is like this. His hand was blown up. And I said, and I went to the doctor, what? Now mind you, I'm calling him Bobby. This was the first time I started calling. Him. What happened to my dad? He said, "Oh, he overdosed." I said, "Well, can you save him?" He said, "We can't. It's, it's it's too bad. This is at a point now. It's too bad." And I'm like, I started crying. All that hatred, all that grudge, all everything. It was at the point where I'm like, I lost. I lost my. I lost my dad. And I'm like, I'm like, this is this is it. And from that point, it taught me something. It ain't that deep. It is not that deep. And and as much as yes, we want our falls in our life. We want our moms in our life. You know, know, we didn't actually be born. I get it. I get it. But when when those when those when those wings are ready, when God says those those wings are ready, you gotta wait till you get up there to, 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 to say, I forgive you. And if you got an opportunity right now, after all the crap that we dealt with with this pandemic, all the crap that's going on in the world today, you got an opportunity to say, I'm sorry, I forgive you. I forgive you for hurting me. Even if you don't even sorry, I forgive you, why? Because I know I didn't deserve it. So I'ma stop hating myself and start loving you even if you don't love me anymore. And that was it. To this day, I stay with that, I stand on that. I don't hate nobody, I love you. If I messed up, cool. But I lost too much in my life. I lost my mom to brain, uh, brain cancer. I lost my dad. Like it, there's nothing else. There's nothing else for me. Like this I, I lost my uncle three days after my, my, my birthday. I talked to him. I said, Uncle Robert, we're gonna be, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, I'm gonna pick you up, we're gonna go have our mini little family reunion. Three days later, he's gone. So at this point, I cannot hate nobody. So when they see me on the they see me speaking and they see me with the kids and they see me doing stuff. This ain't no joke. This is something that I love y'all. I love y'all enough because I done lost so much to in my life that I don't want you to make those same mistakes. So you have a grudge. You got something going on. You got a, a relationship that's broken, fix it. Fix it. It ain't it is not that serious. You fix it. Because when your little brother begs you to go play basketball with you, and you decide that you want to chase girls, and you don't want him to come, and then when you come home and everybody in the projects run to you and say your brother passed away, you hold that guilt. And they tell you, E, oh, you got to let it go. It's not your fault. It is my fault, because he should have been with me. He should have been with me. And if someone wants to be around you, You bring them along, because you don't know what that person's going through. That person says, E, I want to talk to you. Please, whenever you get time, you don't brush them off. I don't got time now, but I promise you, I'm going to set a reminder, and I'm going to have time later. Life is too short to be holding these grudges. I'm sorry I'm going off the rent, but I'm... I'm, No, no, I wanted to to go
0: there. I wanted to go there, because uh, recently, actually a couple weeks ago, I was on a, uh, I was a part of a forgiveness workshop, right? And, and I was a speaker in this in this workshop and we was talking about forgiveness. And um, even like you were speaking of, you know, even self-forgiveness, you know what I'm saying? And so definitely I, I understand how Im- important forgiveness is. And a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, forgiveness is not for the other person. You know what I mean? It's, it's for you. And there are some, sometimes you have to, you know, Tell people, like you said, I'm, I forgive you for hurting me. You know, because what you did, you know, wherever you did it, what I'm by me holding on to it is causing me more pain, which really I'm causing myself. You know, and and when we talk about um, uh, self forgiveness, which is uh, one what I one of the things that I spoke on, and I actually just finished my first uh, ebook, and it's called Forgiving Self you know, four steps to, to self-forgiveness. And one of the things that I talk about is if you look at the word self as an acronym, you know, um, so when, you be, when you're when you talking about forgiving yourself, what does that mean? Well, you want to think about several things. Number one, if you look at the S, uh, the season of life. What season of life were you in, you know, when you did whatever you did that you're holding against yourself now? You know, whatever that... that um, activity was that you did that you can't forgive yourself for, what season of life were you in? You know what I mean? Like what was going on in your life at that time that added to you making that decision, right? So when we look at the E, that's the emotional state. What emotional state were you in? You know, uh, you mentioned about, you know, losing loved ones. And I remember when I when I lost my mom to cancer, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure I was not in a good mental, uh, emotional space at that time. You know, so if I make a decision in that emotional space that don't turn out, you know, in my best interest, then I have to take that into consideration. Um, the L that I think of uh, with the self as an acronym is limited information, because sometimes we make the uh, uh, a decision based on the information that we have at the time, but because we don't have all the information, you know what I mean, that that it doesn't work out. And then the F is just forgiving yourself by acknowledging that at the time of that offense, at, at the time of you doing whatever you did, you were just doing your best with what you had at that time. You know, and so when we take those things in consideration, you know, with the with the things that we're holding ourselves for, that we things that the unforgiveness that we're holding against ourselves, then we're able to work through it emotionally and mentally to realize, okay, I can not forgive myself, you know for what I did because at that time there was other circumstances that happened to make me react that way and that's sure. what I was doing I was reacting you know to my environment at that time and, and when we begin to unpack that you know we'll realize how those things uh affect us you know and so I'm glad that you that you mentioned that because that's why I was you know letting you go ahead on because I was going to ask you about that too you know because uh, one of the other things that you were mentioning, Um, outside of the forgiveness was those relationships and how your relationships plays, you know, different parts in your life and how those relationships, sometimes we have some real meaningful, strong relationships that, you know, we let go of for various reasons. And then there are some relationships that we should let go of that we hold on, you know, for various reasons. So, you know, uh, just briefly, if you could, just talk to to us a little bit about, you know, those relationships and how important, you know, the right relationships are in our lives that can change us, you know, change the whole uh, trajectory of our lives. And I know that you mentioned about, you know, the the lady who made the phone call to put you in the the GED class. You know what what I'm saying? Like that one thing, and you said, you know, you haven't even been able to contact her, (coughs) excuse me, since then. But that one action changed the whole trajectory of your life. You know what right. I'm saying? So talk to
1: us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, like even, you know, before even that, you know, just the relationship I have with my mom, you know, what I have with my mom, my mom was, she was the, she was the main source. The the thing was she made it comfortable to say your mama's boy, you, you know, and it, it, it and to me, it never bothered me. Like my mom never said, I, I I'm your mom and your dad. No, she's like, no, I'm your mom but what what i have four boys three of them i can't control they just going to do what they they're going to do but you i'm a, I'm 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 going to control you and she didn't do it in a fair way she did it in a way of respect women respect yourself respect your household respect the people around you she she gave me these lessons she said she said one don't you ever walk around this earth, and believe that someone else is not in a in a worse space than you. You might be having a bad day; someone else's their day is even worse than what yours. Mm-hmm. Always be grateful for what you have. She told me, no matter what, if that's your only food that you got, if someone mentions it or look at it, you offer it to them. Never let someone if it's cold outside. You give them the coat off their off your back. Always give them a place to stay, and I stand by that. My mom taught me you can do anything. You can do anything. Like there's no limits to what you wanted to do, and she pushed me to that. She gave me that that motivation to to what she would say. She would say. Oh, I, if I say, oh, I can't do it. She's like, don't say you can't do it. Just say you haven't tried. Mm. And turned around when I started working at Macy's and 10 years later, I went to go buy my first home and she turned around and, and I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to get the money. She said, well, I put a 401k in for you. Oh, that's that money that been coming out of my check that I, I I just didn't know what you was doing and it was pissing me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I I, I I knew I knew you don't know how to save money at eight, at your age you ain't saving money. You might save money for those little joints you wear, but you ain't saving money money. And turn around I was able to buy my first home. And then let me tell you this, e, my mom's name is Shirley. I wanted to buy a home that my mom could live in with us because she was retired. My mom passed away after I bought the home, but God put me in a in, in a home in a town named after Shirley. Mm. So my mom was, my mom is still with me. Right, right. So that relationship, it made me who I am today when it comes to having relationships with another, with, an, uh, with the opposite sex of female, with my wife, uh, my sisters. And because when I, when I have a conversation, I know my mom is listening. I know my mom is watching. And that's one thing I'm not, I'm not, whether she's on this earth or she's not, I'm I'm not disrespecting my mom. You know, and hearing, you know, relationships that I have now with, with people, I hold dearly because I know, I mean, people, you don't know when this is it. So to me, I don't want to have no grudges. I don't want to have no issues. I want to forgive. I didn't talk to my little sister for almost four years. And just recently, God told me, you need to make amends with your little sister, because she needs you. And my little sister said, I, I was never mad at you. I just knew you was mad at me, so I just gave you your space. And now we talk every day. We crack the jokes and everything. Relationships to me is the most important thing on this earth because I know I don't ask for nothing from anybody besides your time. Because we it's been said, you can make money. They could print money, they could do all that, but they can't they can't print time. So when so when I get around people or I talk to people just like you and me, me right now, having this, I this, I cherish this. I cherish this. Why? Because I don't know if I'm going to have another opportunity. So I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to give you everything on me now. And I'm not holding nothing back. I don't want to come. I don't want to press the the off button and like, man, e I should have said that. Man, I should have told him that. I should have opened up about that. I have nothing to hide. I am a high school dropout. I left with four credits. Yeah, I didn't have my father. Yeah, my mom, she 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 sent me to the store when I was eight years old to go buy beer. But you know something? Those times when I went and bought beer for my mom at eight years old, going to the store, coming home, and my mom blasting music with the speaker in front of the window, I cherish those times. I'll do anything to get those times back. Why? Because I used to dance in front of her while she blasted her music. So that same music she was blasting back then in the 90s? And I'm listening to it now those bringing back those relationship times I had. So cherish those times you got with people. Those are the times. Don't you focus on all the negative stuff. I, I said once I realized that, e, I'm like, man, bump that. If it, if it's, it's if it's four things going right in your life right now, focus on the four things. The other 96, 96 issues that you got going on. And half of that you can't even control anyway. Right. That's that's what I'm on. That's what I'm on this year.
0: Man, we already been on here a minute, man. I, I was I was gonna tell you close it out with some with some good stuff, but I don't think you can you can top it out, man. You <laughs> you've been dropping knowledge the whole time, but I'm I'm gonna say this, man. I'm, I'm I want you to leave us just with a, a quick word of advice. You know, or inspiration, whatever you know that touches your heart to do, and definitely give us you know where we can find you at. You know how somebody can work with you or reach out to you if they wanted to. Definitely your your uh, social media handles and and all that stuff. So I I let you have the last word, uh, pretty much, and um, you know just show tell my listeners how they can get in contact with you.
1: Yeah. So I want to leave everybody with this message that. You can do anything. And I know that sounds cheesy to say. But honestly, like people are going to Japan. People are going to Paris. People, people are traveling. People are buying mansions, putting sharks and fish tanks and stuff. And it's like they wasn't doing that back in the days. So, So the world is open. And so that means your mind got to be open, too. You got to be open to stuff. And don't don't let nobody. You don't need verification from nobody. And I'm telling you, the more you let go of those grudges, that pride, that ego. You know what ego is? If you break it down, the, the, the acronym it's itching God out. Mm. <laughs> it's itching God out when you have an ego. And I, I want you, if you listen to anything from 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 this interview. Understand that you have to honestly believe that you belong here. And you can take what you could take the littlest stuff that you have and create the Grand Canyon. And, and you, I'm I'm on distance. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook. It's I am Lamar Wilson. I uh, I am Lamar Wilson. That's I-A-M-L-E-M-A-R-W-I-L-S-O-N. I mean, you want to talk to me just to have conversation? Email me. Booklamarwilson at gmail.com. Like, I'm arm distance. I, I It's one thing about me. I, I mean, I, I, I'm i not trying to be this guy that hit me up today and I will not never reply. No, I got three kids. My phone is always in my hand. Let's not sugarcoat it. My phone is always in my hand. So if I got the time, I promise you, you're going to get my time.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. Man, I, I Lamar, I, I know I've, I've seen you on, on uh, Instagram. I Not necessarily Instagram. I think I first came across you on uh, TikTok. I saw a couple of your TikToks and and I definitely was following you and um definitely appreciate you taking out the time to you know actually talk to me and talk to my listeners and, and drop the wisdom that you've you know you've gotten over the years. I really appreciate you being on the you know on the podcast so uh to all my listeners i hope y'all got something out of this man i i definitely did definitely talking about uh forgiveness definitely talking about the relationships that we have with one another and how important they are especially realizing that we don't know when the next time that you know we're going to see somebody we don't know when the next time is going to be the last time you know so i encourage you just as lamar said definitely take out the time to nourish those relationships, to nourish that forgiveness, man. Keep that forgiveness in your heart, not only for other people, but also forgiveness for yourself. So again, this is E. James. This is the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal and fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain and to fulfill your purpose. So until next time, guys, Keep an ear out. Keep listening out. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week. Hey, guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right? See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. This episode has been brought to you by Deal to Heal Teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to Deal to Heal Teas. com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem. Heal from the pain and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.